mission and the purpose that God has for their life and then release them to fulfill that destiny. And today as I um, speak to you, something began to stir in my heart and hopefully I can convey it to you. I've been sharing it with the young people on Tuesday nights in, in little nuggets um, and I believe that some of you will get something out of this today. See, God's greatest desire is to keep us centered in his will and his plan. Discipleship is the vehicle that releases the understanding and equips us with the tools to live constructive lives for the master. Amen. And as pastor has been talking about taking the limits off of what we think God can do for us, in us, and through us, I felt God pressed me to think about what really defines my life with that. What, how have I defined my walk? How have I defined what that looks like for me? And, and how have I found that? I don't think I've hit the, the, the pot of gold, so to say. I don't feel like I've, I've totally hit the mark yet, but I feel like God has, has shown me some things and I'm seeing God do things beyond anything I ever thought God would do through my life and use me in ways that I never thought God I would ever be used. And so today I want to share a little bit of that, what I've learned and what um, I have put as principles in my life in order to see this limitless God work through my life. Amen. So if you have a notebook, you can take it out. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 12. Um, I put it up on the wall and it's cut off for some reason. Um, I think you need to go. Yeah, we'll fix it later. Amen. And uh, Mark chapter 12 and verse number one, if you have your Bible this morning, if you're taking notes, I don't have an outline for you. Um, you can borrow a piece of paper from the person sitting next to you. Um, the Bible says in Mark chapter 12 and verse number one, it says, then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat and built a tower. And he leased it to the vine dressers and he went into a far country. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from, from the vine dressers. And as I began to think about this passage of scripture, um, the word that stuck out to me was the word some. Amen. And when it comes to our life in Christ, um, when we're talking about taking the limits off of God and what he wants, I want you to see yourself as the, vine, the, the person that this vineyard has been leased to. See, everything that we have, if you really um, truly believe who God is, everything we have has been leased to us. Amen? We're just stewards of what God has in store for our lives. We're just stewards of, of the earth. Amen? We are just being leased this life, so to say, and he is ultimately the one in charge. How many of you guys agree with me on that this morning? Amen? And uh, I began to think about this, and that word, I just couldn't shake it because I thought about the... I think it's really a, a hang-up that a lot of people have when it comes to serving God, is they think, well, I, if I serve God wholeheartedly, I'm going to miss out, right? If I, if I truly give God everything, what about me, right? And we all know, how many we all know, we got to take up our cross and follow him daily. We know that we got to die to self, but we also know we're human, right? And that is a big struggle. It's like, if I really do God's will, what about you know, and we have these reasons. And I began to think about that word some, and I thought it was interesting what God began to speak to me. He goes, you know, many times we miss it because we think that there's nothing going to be left for us if we do everything for God. Can I just be real for a moment, right? We feel like, you know, if I, if I gave everything away to God, what would be left for me? 
right? Like, but what God asks is, and I'm going to bring it into a financial aspect just as an illustration. You know, when you think about your tithe, God doesn't ask you to give 100% of your, you know, income back to him, right? He just asks for some, amen? When it comes to serving God, he doesn't ask you for 24 hours a day, seven days a week and in service to him, he just asks you for some, Amen. And so as you begin to think about this, what has defined my life is, is this principle of understanding what is the sum and what do I get to keep for myself? Does that make sense? And, and that's a, a big struggle. And what do we allow in that space? And I can tell some of you are kind of like, I don't know where he's going with this, but we're all given something from heaven that we are to steward with our lives. It's not that we don't get anything from it or get to enjoy any of our labors. It's that God wants something from what he has given you. Amen. And when you begin to study discipleship, that's really what discipleship is all about. Learning what God wants from me and to do through me in the earth. Amen. And so this morning we're going to have some fun. As believers, how do we find this place and experience this promise for our lives? I want to share a few things that I've learned over the last um, couple of years that I've been a Christian. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still in the process. But the first thing I've learned is, number one this morning, if you're taking notes, is to recognize boundaries. Okay? You know, pastor's been talking about taking the limits off. But I have also found that in order for me to experience the limitless power of God, I need to understand that there are boundaries in which God works within. Amen? And that's what humanity doesn't like, right? And I find a lot of, a lot of people resist God or, or struggle because they feel like God is restricting them when God is really just protecting them. Amen? And um, so this morning you can turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11. Um, I know for myself, I struggle with that at the beginning. I'm like, wait, what, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. Why can't I? Why, why, why? And, and so this morning, I, I believe um, God's going to speak to some of our hearts on maybe some things that you struggled with when it comes to the boundaries. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to who? All men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Amen? You want to talk about boundaries. These are the boundaries that I have found in my walk with God. Is this scripture outlines it perfectly? He says that we would what? Deny ungodliness. That we would what? That we would deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. That we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Now, I think that this is the space in which we struggle today in our culture, is what does it mean to be godly? What does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be sober? What does it mean to deny worldly lust? What, what does that mean and what does God say is okay and what does God not say is okay? And I think we have a lot of voices in our world today that we're going to get into that try to define that for us. Many people never experience the limitless power of God 
because they fail to surrender to the boundaries that God ordained for our lives. Amen. I know for me, there's many times I want to see the limitless power of God, but maybe I'm not living within the boundaries that God ordained for me to live in to see this limitless power flow through my life. Amen. And I think that that's the struggle for a lot of people is why am I not seeing this limitless power? See, God ordained for our lives these boundaries that protect us. These boundaries protect us mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Now, you can go and do whatever you want, but I've found that when I listen to the voice of God, when I live to find these boundaries and keep them erected in my life, what it does is it protects me mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Amen? We get so wrapped up in testing the boundaries that we lose sight of the influence we could be having if we were surrendered to the boundaries that God ordained for our life. I'm going to say that again. We get so wrapped up in testing boundaries that we lose sight of the influence we could be having if we were surrendered to the boundaries that God ordained for our life. Let me put it into a perspective. How many of you guys have had kids live in your home? Just raise your hand. Okay. Um, Or you were a kid one time. Perfect. Okay. We'll put it there. All right. So I don't know about you guys, but when I was growing up, I had this thing called a curfew. Anybody ever have one of those? Okay. And how many of you guys had, I'm going to use 10 o'clock for a great example. Okay. How many of you guys ever had like a, a cur- 10 o'clock curfew, 10, 11, I don't care what time it was, but you had that curfew. And the first time you had the freedom to go out and be home on time for your curfew, how many of you on the first time you were home at 10 o'clock? Wow, you guys need to, Jesus, amen, only two people in the room, raise their hand. All right, so here's what I found, is the first time I was allowed the freedom to go out on my own, and that, that, <laughs> that curfew was set, I remember, man, I was home at 10 o'clock, okay, because I was so obedient, I was so respectful, I was a perfect child, and, um, but then the next time, I was maybe five minutes late, 10.05, amen, and I found that I wasn't in trouble. Amen? So I'm like, oh, five minutes? Okay, cool. Next time, I'm using hypothetical illustration here, maybe 15 minutes late. Oh, I'm not in trouble. That's 10, 15, and curfew's 10, and, and I'm okay. Amen? And then, you know, you keep pushing the envelope, and all of a sudden, it's an hour later, and now you get in trouble. Amen? And I began to think about how that works with our life in Christ. Amen. Is humanity is always trying to test the space of how far I can stretch the grace of God, the mercy of God. You, you know, for me, I found in the Word of God what God desires for my life, but I hear a lot of voices today trying to tell us what's okay with God so that we can test the boundaries of what's acceptable with God and still see God move through our life. Amen. Now I'm going to meddle a little bit. It's like, you know, maybe you serve in the house of God. Maybe you do things for God. Maybe you've seen God use you in certain ways, and yet you're still outside of these boundaries, and you see God move. I always use the band for an illustration because they're on stage, but there's there's times where maybe you're doing things you know you shouldn't be doing, watching things, listening to things, conducting yourself in certain ways, or participating in certain acts, and then you get on stage and, and God shows up like he did this morning. I'm not saying that anybody up on this stage this morning was doing this. Just an illustration. Okay. But you still see like the people respond to God. And you're like, oh, so I can go do that Monday through Friday and get on stage and play. And the people 
responded to what God was doing through me, so God must be okay with me. Sorry, I'll leave that one alone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. See, God sets boundaries but not limits. Too many struggle to fully surrender to the will of God because they feel it's too constricting for their life. I love what 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 11 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen? Most of our beliefs on what is required for us personally is skewed by our own personal interpretation. That personal interpretation is shaped by our motivation. Amen? And our motivation is defined by factors such as, how will this affect my time? How will this affect my resources? And how will this affect my desires? You know what I found is God does not consult my resources before he puts a demand on my life. Amen? He doesn't consult my time before he puts a demand on my life. Amen? He just tells me that if I will walk by faith and trust in him, that he will meet every need of my life. He will take care of the needs of my life and he will stretch me to the place where I need to lean on his limitless power to see God move through my life because I'm not doing it in my own strength anymore. See, so many times we want to serve God in our own strength when it's comfortable, convenient, when it fits our space, when it fits time and our desires, when it fits time or, you know, um, within our resources. I'll, I'll do this as long as, you know, it doesn't stretch me. I can give a little bit here. I can do this. I can serve here just a little bit. I can give up an hour maybe this month. I can give maybe this. I can, because it fits within the space of our constraints. But God says, I'm trying to take the limits off your life, and I'm going to put a demand on your life in such a way that you will not be able to do it in your own ability. But see, when we put God within our desires and within our boundaries, he can't move. Amen? He wants to stretch us beyond our personal interpretation of what he wants to do through our life. Number two, this morning, when we recognize the boundaries that God has for our life, then we need to, number two, beware of distraction. I, I don't know about you guys. Um, luckily, um, it wasn't as cliche to diagnose people when I was in school with things because I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time staying focused on one thing, like to see it all the way through. Do I have any friends, a couple of you, like a good book is not enjoyable to me because it's just one thing. I need noise. Like when I'm studying and, and writing sermons or just reading my Bible, I have to have music on. I'll turn on a sermon. Like I have to have other things going. Like the busier the room is, the more focused I become. Amen. And, and that's just me. That's, but some people like just a quiet, peaceful, you know, relaxing chair on a porch and reading a book. I, I'm going to be honest. I actually am very jealous because I'm like, man, I bet that would be so peaceful. And I try it. Like we go on vacation or go place. I'm like, oh man, that's going to be a great place to just sit and read a book and have a nice time. Like when we do, we go on vacation, we'll go to the ocean. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so relaxing. I'm taking a book and I'm going to read this thing all the way through. I get like three pages and I'm like, okay, let's go play in the sand. Like, 
I'm just that guy, right? And I think that with that, though, we have to be careful that that does not creep into the way we serve God. Some of these, some see these boundaries as limitations, but I see them as protection and strength. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 20, it says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have what? Strayed concerning the faith. Or I love what the Message Bible says. It says, and oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure. Wait a second. We need to guard. We need to beware of the distractions. You say, Timothy, guard what God has done. Be aware of the distractions. Guard it with all of your life. Avoid the talk show religion and the practice confusion of the so-called experts. People caught up in a lot of talk can miss the whole point of faith. Think about this for a moment. What is Paul saying? He's like, listen, you have a call on your life, and you need to be aware of the distractions that are going to rise up. Be aware of the other voices that are going to try to confuse you and tell you what is acceptable and not acceptable. Listen to our world today. What is everybody saying is acceptable with God? Like, anything goes anymore. Like, I'm watching our culture, and, and I'm not, I, I'm kind of like right in between, okay? I got saved when, you know, 20 years ago, and it was, it was different. It was, it, was, it was totally different in regard. I mean, we're still the same people. It's weird. It's still the same room, but it's amazing what the voice of our world is trying to say is okay when it comes to Christianity, what's socially acceptable, what God is okay with. We spend more time finding scripture to validate what we're trying to hang on to instead of finding scripture that would tell us what we need to let go of. And we wonder why we live in a powerless society within the church where people aren't seeing the miraculous, where people aren't seeing the breakthrough, where people are still struggling with things. It's because maybe we've allowed too much distraction to come in and tell us what's okay, and we're missing out on the limitless power of God that wants to flow through our life. There's many voices that cry for our attention. These voices declare to be truth. Yet the only voice we should allow to govern our life is the voice of God's word. I heard something very, very powerful. I'm going to steal it. Pastor Tim Delaney at camp. And I, and I know this, and I really I try to understand the scriptures, and I try never to take a passage and, and use it to, to make a point unless I understand the full context of what is being talked about. And he said, and he was talking about taking things out of context. And the greatest illustration that he used was talking about when the devil came to tempt Jesus. And we all, how many of you ever heard that, you know, we say it all the time, that even the devil used scripture to tempt Jesus. Right? But what he did is he just took a, a, just a, a portion of the scripture and, and used it to tempt Jesus to do something. And he said, never be a temple jumper without understanding the context in which God is telling you to jump. 
See, so many times the distraction will come even in the form of the Word of God, in the form of brothers and sisters in Christ. What is okay, what is allowable, what's acceptable. We need to know that, that there is an enemy that is trying to distract us and pull us away from what God wants to do through our lives. Think about it. If Jesus would have listened to this, just the Scripture, oh, Oh, that is in the scripture. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to jump and God's going to save my life. I'm going to jump from the temple. God's not going to let me die. No, he understood the full context of what was being said. And you see in our world today, everybody takes a little chunk to validate what they're trying to allow in their life instead of finding the whole context of what God was talking about in order to define what should shape their convictions, what should shape their life in order to see the limitless power of God flow through them. So this morning, as you think about your life, the reality is we will all be accountable for what we produce, not what we think. Amen? You're not going to get to heaven and get to stand before God and go, well, God, I thought this was okay. No, he's going to ask you, what have you produced for the kingdom? Amen. He's going to ask, what have you brought for me? Have you been a good steward over the vineyard that I've entrusted you? See, God's greatest desire is to keep us centered in his will and his plan. And this morning, discipleship is the vehicle that releases that understanding and equips us with the tools to live constructive lives for the master. Amen. That's what God's trying to do. He's trying to use each and every one of us to bring somebody else closer to God. Amen? But what the enemy wants to do is use every single one of us to create compromise so that nobody comes closer to God. I don't know if you guys have ever been around a sinner, but they're always looking for validation for their sin. They're always going, oh, you watch that? Oh, good. Okay, I, I'm okay. Oh, you, you do that? Oh, oh, you do that and you go to church. So cool. Why do I need to go to church? Think about, think about how, how the enemy, see, we don't realize sometimes that the, we're actually being used by the enemy and calling ourselves Christians. Amen? Like what, like, what are we doing to bring people closer to God, or are we just helping people stay farther away from God? Amen? And that, I know this isn't comfortable because it starts meddling with where we live, and I'm not going to call out certain things you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart this morning. But I love this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 23. If you want to put it up, if you want to turn your Bible, and I brought my sack lunch today. I'm an illustration guy, okay? And, and I love to illustrate what, what I feel like God has shown me. And um, so this morning, I don't know how you guys find <clears throat> what's right and acceptable for your life. I know for myself, I've had to really dig in to the Word of God. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 23, it says, Some of you say, we can do whatever we want to. But I tell you that not everything may be good or helpful. Remember the boundaries we talked about? Like the boundaries aren't that you can't have fun. I have an amazing time in life. It's that they're not good or helpful. Okay. Or looking at it one way, you could say that anything goes because of God's immense generosity and grace, but not everything goes. Don't, sorry, I put a Look, I got a froggy in my throat. Look at it one way. 
You could say anything goes because of God's immense generosity and grace. We don't have to dissect and scrutinize every action to see if it will pass muster, but the point is not to just get by. Did you hear that? We don't have to scrutinize every action to see if it passed muster, but the point is not to just get by in life. Thank you, sir. Yes, that would be awesome. But I think so many times that's what we're trying to do is we want to see, how many of you want to see the limitless power of God work in your life? How many of you feel like you're not seeing it work like you would want it to? Can we just be honest? There's things that that I'm not seeing and I'm mad about. Like, I'm like, God, I want to see more of, of what you've talked about in your word, more of what you said you've promised. And sorry. And I, I feel like God gave me this illustration and it, and it was good for the teenagers. They got all excited. And so I, I thought I'd share it with you guys. I, I think we could put it like this. How many of you guys know another translation says all things are not, how's it go? Not all things are lawful or all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable, right? That's one translation. So what does that mean for us today? Okay, in, in the culture we live in, I think we need to be more aware of the Holy Spirit than ever before. We need to be more sensitive to the voice of God than we've ever been before because of all of these voices. Just like Tim, you know, Timothy said, be aware of the talk show religion. Just because you hear what somebody else is doing or you see what somebody else is doing is not validation for what you feel you could do in your life and be right with God. Amen? And so I, I used an illustration like this. How many of you guys know that today pretty much anything is, ex- is accessible to us? Amen? Like, we live in a world where I can have whatever I want. Like, I could pretty much get anything I want within, like, five minutes. Right? Like, I can, I don't even, I mean, Amazon has it here tomorrow. Like, there's, you know, they're trying to get the drone thing going to where I could order it and it could be here in two hours. Like, you know, so we live in this weird time and we begin to think about, like, what is okay and acceptable? And just because it's accessible doesn't mean it's good for us. Right. And I I thought, like, these are great illustrations. Some of the greatest things ever created um, doesn't mean it's the best thing for me. You get what I'm saying? Like Oreo cookies. How many of you guys enjoy a good Oreo cookie every once in a while? Amen. Some of you are afraid. Some of you are like afraid to acknowledge. The thing that I like about this is you just put milk in this cup and you eat it with a spoon. Okay, this is crazy. Why dunk when you can scoop, right? Just because I can go to the store and buy this doesn't mean it's the most profitable thing for my life, right? Like I, and it tastes good, but doesn't mean that it's, it's good for me. Same with, uh, I don't know about you guys, but peanut butter is my weakness, right? So when you put it in cookie form, okay, nutter butters, okay, but... Just because it says Nutter Butter, the peanut butter lover's cookie, okay, that does not mean it's as good for you as just peanut butter, okay? Some of you say, well, peanut butter's not even good for you. Well, whatever. Amen. Uh, Let's go a little deeper. Today, um, when I was, we didn't have these things when I was a teenager, but now you can just get methamphetamines in a can, okay? You don't even have to snort it anymore. You can crack the can and, and you can get it going, and you don't even have to find a drug dealer. You just go to the corner store. And here's the thing, though, is 
not that I I do drink these every once in a while. They are so bad. They're so bad, but yet we do it, don't we? It's so bad. Thank you for saying that because isn't that where we live today? It's so bad, and yet we still do it. You know what's funny is, is I actually enjoy, like I'm in the middle. I'm not a teenager, and I'm not, I'm in the middle. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without being offensive. Like, but I see like my mom, I'm gonna, okay. I'm like, my mom was drinking a, a, a energy drink, and I'm like, what? Like, hi, mom. And um, so here's how we do it today, though, because we know that this isn't good for us. But we want the byproduct. So what we've done today is, is we mask it and we call it organic. <laughs> right? So, so now, I, because it's organic, it's okay with God. It's in the word. It's organic. It's, I mean, God made this. It's the plants and the herbs. It talks about it in the Bible. So if it's, I mean, it's just made from, from things in the Bible, so it's okay. I wouldn't normally drink this, but I'm tired today. <laughs> but isn't this, can we just be honest? Is this not our Christianity today? We go, I don't know why I'm not seeing the limitless power of God work in my life, but mm. I got energy. Amen? Amen. But then God said, I don't know about you guys, but I love this. How, how many is a sucker for gummy fruit and, or gummy candy? Like, that's my nemesis, my weakness. Thank you. I thought this was funny. This is how the devil works. Juji fruit. Juji. J-U-J-Y, Gabe. Okay. Now, juicy fruit is gum. Okay, listen to this. Listen, I want you to hear this. Ingredients. They're juji fruits. Corn syrup, sugar, modified food starch, corn starch, natural artificial flavors, white mineral oil, carnuba wax. How many of you guys have ever waxed your car? Carnuba, baby. I'm just going to rub my arms on my car after I eat juji fruits and wax the car. There's not a single drop of fruit in there. But what God ordained for our life is real food. You say, well, that's boring. <laughs> I love the health food people like, oh, this is so good for you. Have you guys found that the stuff that's actually good for you is not enjoyable to eat sometimes? The older I get, the more I enjoy, like, my kids, like, well, I have broccoli every night or Brussels sprouts. And we just, like, steam, like, we make them as healthy as possible. Like, we eat, you know, fish or chicken and whole food. We don't hardly ever crack a can open to eat food. Like, we try to do that. But I found the older I get, the more I want to eat like that. But I remember loving just eating a whole pack of saltine crackers. Like, greatest gift to mankind. Or a whole box of mac and cheese. Like, Right? But this is what God ordained for our life. But this isn't exciting, right? There's nothing exciting about this. This is exciting, amen? This is like perks me up, gets me going. Like I feel 
this when I drink it. I don't feel this. Everybody makes fun of me, but I'll go to go to we'll go to barbecues, we'll go to the lake, and I always got a bag of carrots. It is the thing. Like I feel like as long as I eat some carrots, I'm justified in whatever else I eat. As long as I go to church on Sunday, I'm justified in whatever else I do. Amen. So is it when you think about avoiding distractions and and trying to stay centered in what God has for our life, we need to make sure that we're not compromising and saying we can do whatever we want because of God's grace. Like, absolutely, we're all going to die someday, but this is probably going to accelerate the process. Right? This is probably not going to add years to my life. It tastes good going in, but Miss Debbie, you want these? I know you love this kind of, she always gives me a hard time in the office. She's one of the healthiest people I know. Lastly, this morning, what is permissible for your life? I, this, honestly, this, this scripture or this sermon came from this passage of scripture. Um, you know, when, when we think about what's permissible, you know, we are living in an age today where it's like we try to make things look even better for our lives. Like, a, I don't even know how to bay. Antioxidant infusion. I, I panema pomegranate. And, uh, and so now they're, they're trying to make things even healthier. But when you read the back, it's still got all this crazy stuff in it. So what's permissible for us? I love this passage of scripture, point number three. We have to keep it vertical. If uh, Dwayne, can you grab this ladder and just stick it right here in the middle? Amos chapter 7 and verse number 8. This is where this um, message really was birthed. Was when I read this passage of scripture and I began to think about. I don't care. Either, yeah. Um, sideways, please. Yeah. As I began to read this, I began to think about what has defined my life. And I came across this passage of scripture. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid to waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. What was God doing? He was removing his hand from his people. I mean, these are God's chosen. I mean, these are the people that God said would always be his. And he was to the point where he was like, I'm done. What was he done with? When you think about this, he was done with the compromise. He was done with the distractions. He was done with them justifying what was okay because of his promise. Just because I prayed a prayer, it'd be like us saying, well, I prayed the prayer, so I'm good to go. I can live like hell the rest of my life. I prayed the prayer. Right? Like, just because God has promised something to you doesn't mean it's just going to come to pass regardless of what you do. No, there's some things that you got to do. You got to live within the boundaries that God sets for your life in order to see the promise of God fulfilled in your life. And I feel like this is the way God has defined it for me. He said, what do you see? He goes, I see a plumb line. I am not a construction guy. I am learning.
I muted myself. Amen. But Steve back there is construction guy. I mean, builds amazing, amazing stuff. But I, I've dabbled a little bit, okay? As a teenager, I remember my cousin and I, we wanted to build a fort, right? So my, my stepdad had all this just junk wood. So we're like, let's build a, a fort. So it was like this big box. But I'm going to tell you what, it. I don't even know how it stood. Like, it was like this. The roof was like this. Like, <clears throat> I was so, I just wanted to burn it, Amen. And so recently I had to build a shed in my backyard and, or get a shed. And so I went to Home Depot and I'm looking and they had this one on sale. And I'm like, oh, $6.99. Oh, that's a good deal. And then in fine print, doesn't come with roof, doesn't come with floor, doesn't come with paint. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like they're showing me a finished product for $6.99 and then in the fine print. And so I went inside and I priced it. I'm like, that's like another $400. I'm like, this thing's like $1,100. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could build one. So I'm like, I'm going to try and build one, right? And I'm like, I can do it for way cheaper, right, Steve? We can always do it for cheaper when you do it yourself, right, Mr. Breckenridge? So never built anything like this before in my life. But I know that if I don't get the floor right and the corner square, the rest of it is not going to stand, right? And, and so I began to think about all these things, and, and I actually impressed myself. The thing is pretty much straight. I mean, my bubble is still in the middle no matter where you put it, so that's a good sign. It may be a little bit, but I'm not perfect, but it's my first building. My wife said, babe, you can build us a house now. I said, absolutely, a one-room villa. Amen? God said, what do you see? He said, a plumb line. Now, I'm not an expert, so Steve, chime in if I get this wrong, but when, when you're building and you need to know, usually like the next story, right, Steve, like when they're going up high, you want to know if something's straight up and down, right, and in line, or you need to mark something from high up, you, you take the plumb line, right? And, and so when God begins to show you what he has for your life, I, I had a piece of wood the other night, but this will work. I'm going to say it's this little red dot right here, okay, bam. This is what God has for my life right here. Say, well, man, Sean, that's hard to stay right there. Look at all this space all around us. Well, no, there's still room to, you know, move around and, and still maintain the place that God has for my life, right? Like, I can't go far, but I can go around just a little bit, okay? And what's crazy is when you think about the plumb line is what God has for my life never moves. The only thing that moves is me. And no matter how high I go, it doesn't change. Ooh, here we go. You ready? It doesn't change what's right with God. See, some people have the mentality is the older I get, the more money I get, the more Facebook friends I get, the more room there is outside to move. But that's not true. What I found is the older I get, the harder it is to stay right in the center of God's will for my life. Because the older I get, the more I have pulling on me. My kids, my career, my hobbies, my responsibilities. So the higher I get, or the older, however you want to Define that. I gotta grab this. If somebody could come back to the musical instruments. But what I've found is the higher I get, 
the more distractions I have in my life and the more focus it takes for me to stay centered in God's will. Because just like that teenager that tests his curfew, I think the longer we serve God, the more times we've tested what God's okay with. And so we begin to build these beliefs on what God's okay with. And then years later, we go, man, what happened? Maybe I, maybe I need to just not go to church anymore. I just don't feel God anymore. Maybe it's the people in that church. Maybe it's that pastor. Maybe I need a new spouse. Maybe I need a new career. I need a new car. I need a new house. We got to be careful that the higher we go in life, the longer we live, that we know what God's will is for our life. We got to keep it vertical. And I believe that's what God was saying to Amos. He said, these guys, they know what my will is. They know what is okay. They know what upsets me. They know what grieves my heart. And I think so many times I look at my kids and I say, I'm trying to protect them from hurt. Don't do this. Don't do that because I'm trying to protect them from the hurt that I've experienced in my life. And people think that God is setting these restrictions because he's trying to be a controlling God. But God puts these boundaries because he's trying to he's trying to protect. He's trying to keep. I remember when I came to God. I had brokenness in my heart. I had hurt. I had addictions. I had all these things that I brought to God. And I look back now and I'm like, how, how have I made it this far? And not allowed those things to creep back in. Because that's what happened. God had delivered them and they were allowing these things to creep back in got to keep it vertical friends if you want to see this limitless power of God flow through your life for the rest of your life the most important thing is my vertical relationship with Jesus Christ you can't worry about the horizontal influences of your life if you're finding your justification horizontally you'll never be right vertically what God ordained for your life never changes no matter how many steps you take, no matter how long you've lived in Christ, that vertical relationship should never change. And I'm going to close with this last point. Number four, you have to see the promise. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, and verse number 13, 
says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or or to his seed through the law. Abraham didn't get it because he followed the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Friends, can I tell you today that the promise of God for your life is solely connected to how righteous you live for God. I don't know what righteousness means to you, but I learned a long time ago it meant to be right with God. There's days I want to do things. There's times I joke. Man, I just want to go forget about life. Let's just be honest. But I'm like, wait a second. Is that going to take me out of what God has for my life? I want to get to the end of my life and hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would you close your eyes this morning? Father, I thank you today. You could stand to your feet, actually. You guys have sat and I know today is not a a day to necessarily run to the altar. But my challenge for you today is what would you leave at the altar? What are the things that you felt justified in? Because maybe you've seen it in somebody else. Maybe you've heard somebody else talk about it. Maybe you've witnessed their life and you go, well, look at what God's doing in them or look at their life or look at their social status or, you know, we we use all kinds of reasons of, well, look at, you know, look at the size of their house and look at what they do when they come to church on Sunday or look at whatever your reasonings are. My challenge for you today is not to necessarily allow me to pray for you, but to challenge you. Because I believe we're coming into a time where where God really truly is setting a plumb line because of the compromise that's in his church. Whether you like it or not, it's a reality. When over 50% of the men in churches across America are addicted to pornography, something's wrong. When over 75% of them are still alcoholics, When they walk in the door and they feel it's okay to be high and sit in church and God's okay with it because I got a medical card. I'm just using just some different examples. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I'm saying that we serve a God that's limitless, that wants to do amazing things through our life. And I want you to experience it for yourself because I'm seeing it in my life and I'm like, God, I want to. I want to stay so right that the higher I go with you, the more I got to leave behind, the more I hang on to God, and the more I got to let go of some other things. So this morning, oh mercy, I've never done this before.
What are you trying to carry up to the top? That God's saying it's time to leave it at the ground. Because I care more about this than all of this. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. God, that your people have heard your voice today. That your Holy Spirit has spoken in a way that is not condemning, not judging. But God, they would be inspired to allow your discipleship process to flow through their life in such a way that they would leave those things behind and grab hold of what's in store for their life. Because God, what you have for us is far greater than anything we hang on to in this life. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would convict us, reveal to us the things that are hindering us and keeping us from experiencing your limitless power like we long for. I thank you for these people today. Let them be filled with strength, courage, faith, and hope today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I'm going to just sit here because I'm scared to get down. Amen. Come on, go out today. Live limitless. Share the gospel with somebody. Let God speak to you. And uh, maybe he'll reveal some things to you. And if you need prayer, I'll hang out for a minute. And we'll love on you guys. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Amen.